Thanks for tuning in to No Cap, the internet's merriest podcast. I'm Jason Priestess. He's the legendary Tyvis Powell. How's it going, bud? Yo, it's wonderful, man. You know, I, you know I'm always good, Jason. You know, it's the night before Christmas. You know, it's a big day. I'm wait. I might stay up this year and see if Santa actually comes down the chimney. I never did. You know, as a kid, I never actually experimented. Like we, we really don't know if Santa is real or not because nobody's ever seen him. He might actually come. You know, so I might, yeah. I might test the theory. Like if you stay up all night, do that mean like he won't come? <laughs> <laughs> you got a kid now, man. You better not, you better not ruin Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got to do it for her. Huh? Yeah, you, <laughs> you might want to get some Z's so a uh, little baby gets some, get some toys and presents this year. You can find no cap on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. And we're thankful for your support. Having a lot of fun with this. Still growing. Still still looking good on the review side. And we told people last week if they want to give us a, a, a bad review, make it a five-star and then put all the hate in the comments. We can live with that. <laughs> we definitely will read the comment. You know, we take the comments very seriously as well. So, you know, give us some feedback. Hey, we've been uh, talking about Citadel all year, right? That's your team. That's my – hey, listen, I'm about to go get a jersey. That's your B team, right? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> they need, I'm still waiting on the rematch with them and Clemson. You know, it, it was fixed up the last time they paid Clemson paid the referees. You know what I'm saying? Oh they, yeah, yeah. That, that goose egg shouldn't have happened like that. You know, it was like when it rained, it pours type thing. You know, it just started off bad. You know, they caught them on the wrong day. I think if they played them again, Citadel to get the best of them. Yeah, you want to hear something funny? I mean, it was only forty nine nothing. Like Citadel played Clemson. <laughs> Almost as close as Notre Dame did the last time they played, right? <laughs> so, exactly. Notre Dame and the CFP. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, put Come Citadel on. in. Come on. Did some researching, man. I found out the OG Jim Trestle beat Citadel on December 15th, 1992, when Trestle was with Youngstown State. Beat him in the – yeah, the playoffs. Beat him down 42-17. to 17. Ah, Okay, wait a Beat him down. Like, that's that's a stretch. They won the game. 42-17 is close. <laughs> not a beat down. Come on. Not a beat down. A beat down is, is like 49 to nothing. Like, that, that's, that, that was a beat down, what Clemson did. That, that, it was disrespectful is what it was. And, that, and it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. You went to Ohio State, so I think you have higher standards for what beatdowns are. <laughs> I tell you, you go to Bowling Green, man, a beatdown is 31 to 10, you know? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I guess. So, hey, Well, but I mean, that, that was Jim Trestle. I mean, you know, Jim Jim always had his boys going, playing tough and winning games. I mean, I'm not, you know, that, let them play them now. <laughs> Tell them to bring his team out there now. <laughs> So yeah, Trestle was a—he was the the killer back in the Youngstown State days. Won a few national championships there. Always a force in the playoffs at that level. Heard one time someone said that Trestle could coach dirt to a victory over soap and water, and I'm like, man, he might, he might, you know. He might, I tell you what, man, he might. He was—I really, you know, I never got the the chance to be coached by him, but um, during my my recruiting, you know, I I talk with him often, and you know, he seems like a really good dude. Always, he was having fun with it. Kind of, he kind of gave me a little bit of Pete Carroll vibes. You know, Pete's always having fun with it, never really down about the game, and he kind of gave me those vibes. You know, and I was just, you know, it was it was unfortunate that I didn't get a chance to actually have him as a coach. But you know, the time that I spent with him was very memorable. 
Yeah, what a run by you, man. You got recruited by one legend, played for another. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, if it wasn't for Jim, I don't think I would have even been at Ohio State. <laughs> you think I, Urban would have passed on you? Yeah, I don't think Urban would have <laughs> gave it off. I wasn't I wasn't a top big name recruit, you know, and Urban was he was raking them in at that time. So, you know, shout out to Jim for giving me for making my childhood dreams come true. Opening that door for you, man. Love it. OSU Hoops with a big, big, massive comeback last night. 80-68 to 68 win over number 11, Rutgers. Uh, what a comeback, man. They were down big at the half. Rutgers got into some foul trouble, and the Bucks put them away. Yeah, it was uh, it was very impressive. You know, it was one of those ones. I didn't, I didn't watch the whole game. You know, I was one of the ones I kept glancing at it, and I glanced up, and I seen that they were down. And then I was checking Twitter, you know, people was like, you know, Rutgers is a really good basketball team, you know, it is. So, you know, you can't really judge this game you know, type thing. Like Ohio State obviously got a lot to work on. And then I come back and check, and they like, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, they won? <laughs> and then they was like, yeah, you know, they, they ended up getting the two big men fouled out, I guess, and then came back and ran the table after that. So, you know, shout out to Ohio State, man. You know, that's the, they, they, it's something about, you know, being at Ohio State where they kind of teach the thing where it's like, it's like a second half thing. You know, the game isn't over until it's over type thing. So keep fighting. And it seems like, you know, they got that same mentality that the football team got. So it's good to see that, you know, transfer over throughout the university. Yeah, big big win. Uh, in in 2020, man, Rutgers is an elite basketball team. They they got they got players, man. Like, you know, like Rutgers going to be around. You know, they'll be battling for the Big Ten championship, and and if there's a conference tournament, they'll be yeah, battling you know, for funny that. Thing I, certainly will be funny thing is I think I, last year, I can't think before. Uh, this had to be before COVID hit. I think I went to a game and. Uh, he was playing Rutgers, and they ended up beating Rutgers. It was our home game last year. Huh, that's crazy. I should have went. It's something about me being at the game, you know, and it's a good luck charm. Is that what it yeah. was? Is that yeah, what it was? for sure. <laughs> Feel good to be back on campus? Did you? Yeah, it's uh, always, you know what? It's always a good vibe there. You know, it's just like it's like coming back home. I don't know. It's like it's. I don't know, it's just a good time, man. I, I can't you miss it sometimes. Like, ah, we used to run this town, man. <laughs> yeah. I had to go. Well, I can't go back now because of the COVID thing. But yeah, once it's all clear up, I always, you know, show my face down there. Wonder how many players like you and other former guys are itching to be able to go back to the whack again and work out. Probably a lot. It's just you know, just to be around Coach Mickey and, and all the coaches, you know, it's just always they always happy to see you, you know, it's always good talk, you know, so it's a good time. Yeah, been a minute since anyone's been able to get in that building. It's pretty much like four knocks <laughs> right now yeah, with COVID. I mean, but you know what? Right now it's paying dividends. You know, we in the CFP with a chance to win the natty, and if it takes us not being able to go to the Woody for a year, then I'm down with that. Yeah, speaking of CFP, Ohio State got it done on Saturday. Number four, Buckeyes had 22. Number 14, Northwestern 10 at the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis. It, this is a game that was in doubt for a bit, man. Were you ever were you ever nervous? Um, not nervous. I was kind of disappointed in the first half. Um, you know, it just – they kind of looked out of whack. And I understand, you know, they had nine starters out due to COVID and stuff like that. So, I, under, I get it. You know, it's hard to just put new pieces in there and think that the thing is just going to go the way it's supposed to go. But, you know, as to Ohio State fashion, obviously they ended up figuring out a way to get it done. Thank God for Trey Sermon having that monster game he had, you know. 331 on the ground. 
two touchdowns, a new school record uh, for Sermon, most rushing yards in one game. This is a guy, I mean, all year, I mean, he had 100 over, he popped over 100 against Michigan State a couple weeks ago, but, you know, largely for, for the season, he wasn't, you know, a guy that jumped off the screen, at least to no, me, at kinda, least, you know. He had like a couple of flashes, but, you know, it was always for me, it was like, you know, he can, he makes the right cuts sometimes, but he never had like that burst of speed to like finish the whole run type thing. And, you know, it was it was good to see for him because, you know, back with when before the season started, you know, when you was telling me about his story, you know, how he transferred from Oklahoma and whatnot. I told you I was excited to see how he would be because I knew he would play with a chip on his shoulder. And for him, it seems like, you know, the bigger the game is, the better he plays, which is a great thing. You know, he, he seen that the, that we were struggling and he took it among himself to make something happen. And I'm, it was you know, I, I was proud of it. You know, it was one of those things like, man, thank God you decided to come to Ohio State, you know, and do something. Now you left a legacy, and people will always remember you for this, and you hold a record. How how cool is that? It's it's amazing to me because, I mean, that's – as far as Ohio State goes, that's a pretty big record. Yeah, it was – I think, what, Eddie George had it last yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Ohio State's a school with all these great running backs, Archie, Eddie, Zeke, you know, so many more. And and here's a guy that you know transferred in as to play one season. He's going to end up playing what seven or eight games when it's all said and done as a Buckeye, and he's got the record. Is that is that okay? I he earned it. <laughs> I, I know he earned it, but he he earned it. I mean it is what it is. I mean, as long as he, you know, is I tell you what, for him, it's it'd be something that he can bring his kids back and every time the big 10 championship comes around you know his name will always be mentioned you know that's that's cool yeah certainly uh certainly he's gonna have his name in the books for a long long time i think eddie's record was uh, 25 years old you know i mean that's not a record that you set every year and you know you gotta get 332 now which is not even like this ain't yeah Shoot, 300 in the game is ridiculous. 200 in the game is hard. So, yeah, he might be there for a long time. Unless, unless we know, somebody just come out and just have a monster game. Well, especially these days, too, where there's more of an emphasis on throwing the ball in college football. It's not, you know, 1984 anymore or 1980, you know, 81 or what have you, and you just hand the ball off to a feature back 35 times a game. That's kind of true. That's definitely true. I think, honestly, if, you know, if Justin had a – if the offense was clicking like they wanted to, uh, he probably wouldn't have had that. But, you know, the fact that he was the X factor, I mean, you just had to keep giving it to him. Were you – so he – Sermon had a – not a monster first half. He got most of his yards in the second half. But he was still getting like eight, nine, ten a carry in the yeah, first no, half. Yeah, no, I'm about to say the first – yeah, he was getting – yeah, he was popping it every time he touched it. So it was kind of like, you know, what are we doing? Like, Were you like us? Because we're watching yeah, the game. Everybody, we're like, why is Ryan Day What's he doing? the ball. No, but you got to understand, though. You know, Ryan Day, you know, he lives – you know, he makes – he does explosive plays. And, you know, you got Justin Fields back there. You know, Justin makes it happen, you know. He's one of those – he's just one of those guys that can make things happen. And, you know, you want your superstar to always shine. You know, you want to – when in doubt, you want to give – put the ball in your, your best player's hands. And that's kind of what he was trying to do. But, you know, it just seemed like they – Northwestern just had a great game plan for him. They did, man. Northwestern, I think, and Indiana to a degree, I think uh... – Certainly people outside of the Big Ten, and, and also I think a lot of Ohio State fans underestimate how good both of those defenses are. Right. I mean, we, we got to think, though. Northwestern, I think, was ranked like 13th in the nation in defense. So, like, they definitely was pretty – they're really good. 
And that goes back to what I was saying. Oh, tell my boy Tricky Nick down in Alabama that defense <laughs> does matter. Yeah, well, does it? I mean, they're not in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, 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 listen. <laughs> they was in the game, bro. Nick, it's going to keep you in the game. <laughs> it's going to keep you in the game. They was in the game the whole game. It just, you know. They were. They, that, they fair point. To stop, they forgot to stop the run. You know, Justin is so, so much of a threat. And they were so worried about the receiver, they forgot to put an extra man in the box. I think that they were uh, giving up like 60 yards on the ground coming into the game on defense. Northwestern was. They had a – I think it held four opponents to 10 or fewer points. Man, just really, really good defense. And, you know, that's that's Fitzgerald's forte. So, you know, obviously a linebacker for Northwestern way back in the day. Actually, around the same time Eddie George has set the Ohio State record. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald <laughs> up in Chicago playing linebacker rare for Northwestern. Yeah, same era. You know what though, and then I this is that's nothing to do with with that, but I see he's actually getting NFL looks, so you know he might be able to go to the next level. He's done such a good job there. Does he seem like a guy you'd want to play for? Like he'd do well out there? You know, I always love a defensive coach, so you know, <laughs> Pete's a defensive coach too. I Car- know, Carol. That's, yeah, that's why being here was so good. <laughs> yeah, you you know that? Did you, did you know Pete was a uh, on the Ohio State staff in the eighties? I did know that because he reminded – he told me about that. So. Did he? Yeah. Nick Saban was on a staff around I the same time. I knew that, time. too. <laughs> had some, had some bangers on those staffs back in the, the Earl Bruce days. Pete's always a secondary guy first. I don't – did he Did he meddle much in the defensive back meetings or he pretty Absolutely. much hands off? He no, was in on him? No, he, he, he – you know, he sat in every now and then he'd come in there. But, like, but like the uh, the defensive meeting, so, like, when the whole defense is in there, he sit with the DBs. And then my rookie year when I was there, he actually, like, took me to the side. It was, like, doing the technique. And I was looking at him like, man, what you know? <laughs> I'm like, look at you out there doing the technique. <laughs> so, you know, I can, yeah, he definitely still got a little bit, a little bit. Good for him. Good for him. He loved to see it. Yeah, Trey Sermon's 331, good enough to get college, or Ohio State in the college football playoff. They are in as the number three seed. They'll play number two Clemson at the Sugar Bowl next Friday. Clemson is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Number one Alabama against number four Notre Dame at the Rose Bowl in Arlington, Texas this year, which is a twist because uh, <laughs> they bumped that out of California. Yeah, I mean, you know, that COVID is bad, and they shutting things down out there. You know, I, I still talked to my boy, Sherm, and they got to right. play in Arizona because <laughs> Santa Clara to shut it down. They can't even play in their whole stadium, so they hold games is in Arizona for the rest of the year. That's right. Yeah, Bama's a 19-and-a-half-point favorite right now over Notre Dame. I feel bad for Notre Dame already. Did the college football <laughs> playoff committee, did they get it right? Do you like the four teams there? I mean – I mean, the only team that was really in question would have been Notre Dame, and you know, uh, it was one of those. It's one of those things that you know Notre Dame has played well all year. They played um, a lot of decent competition, and they did really well against the competition. It's just one of those games that Clemson caught them by surprise. So I mean, the only team that likely could have been there was Cincinnati in my book, and obviously, you know, they feel like Cincinnati's. I guess their strength schedule wasn't good enough. I don't know what that was about, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I could see the Notre Dame thing. I mean, it's the right. It was the right thing to do, I would say, for them. You can't, because I don't think you can go from two to five. Like it would be ridiculous, and you're going against the number three team, so kind of ridiculous. But you know, they de- they definitely had a bad showing. You know, Notre Dame mm-hmm. looked really bad against Clemson, and I don't think they're gonna do really well against Alabama. So 
But it is what it is. I guess Notre Dame fans travel well, so you know it's a, it's a money thing. It's always it always comes back to money. Uh, eyeballs on TV too. Those commercials. I I was watching that Clemson Notre Dame uh, ACC championship, and I'm I'm thinking like, how many points? What's the points? What's the difference in the score here? That's enough to keep Notre Dame out? Is it thirty points? Is it thirty five? Because at some point, if if Clemson beats them bad enough, they're not going to get that four spot. I don't think. Yeah, that's what everybody was thinking, you know. I think I even tweeted during game, like, do, do they even <laughs> do, do they even get the four seed? And a lot of people was all like, no, they shouldn't. But then you got to think of, like, who would who would you give it to? And like, right. it's the A&M and then it's the Cincinnati. And then it's like, why would you put A&M again at the four seed to go against Alabama where Alabama already beat them by 28? So it's kind of like, yeah, that's a waste. So the only logical explanation would have been Cincinnati, and then it's like, yeah, well, is Cincinnati going to play good against Alabama or are they going to get blowed out? Because, you know, it's like to the to the rest of the world, Alabama is the big bad Alabama, you know, and Cincinnati is just, you know, a little old Cincinnati type thing. Yeah, 9-0 and Cincinnati. What Do you think Fickle, uh, think Fick was pretty upset not getting in? I know. Absolutely, you know he had a he had an outstanding season. You know they did really well. They they played good teams and they beat good teams. You know I, I thought they did everything they needed to do. It's just you, sometimes you just got to let the name go. Like like for example, you know Cincinnati is not the team that you know every every year it's like Cincinnati gonna be a great team. Like they're gonna be like a top five school or something like that. And I think that's what the CFP is stuck on. Like. Like you, every year you could pretty much bank on Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and maybe Oklahoma. Like maybe those right. four, those four schools, you could always bank that they're gonna be somewhere in it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like everybody else. This is gonna be another team that just come out of nowhere. Georgia well, might be in that mix too. Right, or LSU, right. another SEC team. Yeah, exactly. And though. it's like since Cincinnati don't play in like one of those tough divisions, like the Big Ten, the SEC, or the or the Big Twelve, or something like that. Like, that's probably got a lot to do with it. So they look at them like, you know, y'all competition ain't that that stiff, ain't that good type thing. Like, so that it, – it, it's a lot. But, like I say, if you win all your games and you, like, win by, like, a large margin and you do really well, I feel like you should be in it. But yeah. I ain't – I'm not the one on the staff, so I can't, you know. But I would have liked to have seen them go against Alabama. I think – Fick was there at Ohio State when we beat Alabama, so he know what to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. And and Cincinnati's gonna end up playing Georgia in their bowl game. So Right. And that that's that's test. Be, yeah, it's gonna definitely tell a lot. They win that game against Georgia, like I, they should have been the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. A lot of barking at that game if they win. Let's Notre Dame just come out here and beat Alabama, which <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it could be a good listen, happen. Yeah, but see that I was gonna say, you know, it's 2020, but that game will be 2021. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> the luck might run out. They're not gonna have any of that. Uh, yeah, the weirdness from this year. It's funny. We've talked, you know, last week on the show, we talked about expanding the field, other options to get some of these other teams in the sense because it, it really is like a have and a have not world right now when it comes to the playoff. And I feel like we're we're in a good position to criticize it because. Ohio State benefits from this, you know. Ohio State's in it. Like, we're not – this isn't sour grapes from us. We're over here in a good spot saying, hey, it still needs to be fixed. So, you know, I feel like we're in a good, you know, a good position to advocate for teams like Cincinnati and other teams, Coastal Carolina, that deserve a crack at it. Really cool article on ESPN shortly after the four teams were announced, uh, written by Andrea Adelson. The uh, title of the article was, 
College football playoff 2020, the committee remains disappointingly predictable and had some choice quotes in there. And keep in mind, ESPN is who runs the college football playoff. They're making money off of it. They televise all the bowls. They televise all the college football playoff games. It's a partnership between them and the college football playoff uh, organization and split the money with the schools and ESPN and the organization gets money and whatnot. But one of the, one of the lines in there was, quote, the decisions on the top four were so predictable, it made the entire process stale and boring and so filled with utter lack of meaningful debate that there's no reason for outrage because we all saw the way that this was going to unfold. And man, I feel like that's dead on. Like there was no surprise here. Like it was, you have to be a big name school. You have to play well and you're in. And if you're playing well as a small school like Cincinnati or coastal Carolina, tough, right? It's always been like that though. That's, it is. That was even, that was even when the first one came out because even when we went, like it was, TCU felt mm-hmm. like they should have went. It was like a whole backlash about that. Like, TCU was like, we should have been in. Blah, blah, they were blah. mad. And they kind of thought we got in because we was the big name. Now, granted, it helped us that we went on to win the whole thing. That, it that, sure that, did. That, it it sure made it look did. like, okay, they know what they talking yep, about. Yep. Like, but, yeah, at the same time, like, TCU probably, they very well could have earned that spot. You know, mm-hmm. they I don't know if they would have did as well as us. We'll never know. But, like, I, I understand. Like, it's never going to be, like – they're never going to get it to where people are going to be satisfied. Because if yeah. you do, if you do expand it to eight teams, then it's going to be the nine and tenth team. Like, well, now nah, why we didn't get in like that? So it's never going to be fair. Well, here's what I'll say to that. I think you're right. They'll still be the nine and tens arguing, but the the decision between eight and then nine and ten is a lot less intensive than the decision between four, five, and six. That's true. You know, look at the basketball tournament. Right, they have 68 teams in it right now. Mm-hmm. 69th, 70th, you know, they'll whine a little bit, but like you're way out there. Like, you know, it's <laughs> it, like, it you shouldn't know, even it shouldn't know, even matter, right? Yeah, win it win a game or two more next time. <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, we got 68 T. So yeah, you're still gonna have some complaining, but I don't think it's gonna be as intense as it is four versus five, six, those guys. So the further out you get, the larger the field, the less intense the uh the the rancor, you know, the the complaining over we didn't get in, and I'm glad you mentioned that Sugar Bowl that you guys won because, man, if Alabama had blown you guys out, TCU fans would still be talking. Oh, for sure, still well, be talking. Well, that, now they got to shut up for a long time. Good, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you shut you shut up like basically three teams in that playoff run. You shut up Alabama, Oregon, and TCU. Man, well done. Uh, another line from that article is, quote, this speaks to a system that was set up to favor teams from the Power Five conferences, and Notre Dame, of course, to keep power and money for themselves. And, man, another nail hit right on the head there. I, I'm about to say, I don't disagree. No. <laughs> I really don't disagree. Like, it, it, it comes to a point where, like, the CFP has to at least, for one of these years, they have to put somebody else in there outside of the Power Five conference. If they earned it, like if they're a good team, they have to put them in there to see what they do. Cause you don't know what the team might do. Like it's all we think, like we think that they won't do well because they're not going against these big time schools or these programs that's always been good. And we think that they won't do good. But I think, okay, I'm now I'm not. Don't quote me on this because I'm very. <laughs> I, was, I was young when I thought when, but this happened back when I didn't Boise State. Beat like Oklahoma, yes, Statue, Statue Liberty. Liberty, and it was like the most like biggest upset in the world. Like, oh my god, I can't believe they did it like that. 
Wasn't it? Wasn't that like that? Yeah, they beat them on a Statue of Liberty trick play, uh, and that was a year where they were. And it's like, who is Boise State? <laughs> and Oklahoma was like the big bad Oklahoma at the time, right? Boise State was an, a big underdog. I believe they were unbeaten that year. And yeah, they should have went to the national championship, I feel like. It was one of those, hey, we'll give you a shot against another team that's not quite national championship worthy. Uh, you can play Oklahoma in this bowl game and uh, have fun with that. And then, you know, went out there and beat them. Boise State ended up finishing 12-0 and that year. Uh, yeah. They were they were eleven and zero going into the game. Oklahoma was eleven and one, so it was a you know a big matchup. Uh, Oklahoma was ranked seventh in the AP. Boise was state was ranked ninth, but they didn't get a crack. They were eleven and zero, didn't get the national championship game that year. Right. Uh, inc- incidentally, the team that did play in the national championship that year was Ohio State, <laughs> and, and they got they got trucked by Florida in that. Uh, you, may, you remember that game, right? <laughs> Yeah, good old Irvin. Now, that, that, that's because they let, you know, Ted Gia got hurt on the kickoff return. You know? Oh, yeah, I'll take that to my deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Boise was undefeated, didn't get in the natty. Ohio State got in there, got blitzed by Florida. And, man, imagine being a Boise State fan that year. You go out there and beat Oklahoma 43-42 on an iconic trick play, and you finish 12-0, and and you're not in the conversation at all. So, so yeah, so I bring that up to say, yeah, you know, like they need to just, like, we got to at least give a team a chance to go out there and compete and see what they do another thing too that's tied to this is the the top teams you mentioned a bit ago you know they're always in contention for the cfp they're also the teams that you know are getting the top recruiting classes like it's a cycle oh, well, i mean of course they are I mean, <laughs> you know kids is gonna go to schools that's not gonna at least have an opportunity to play for a national championship. I mean, let's not get it twisted. Kids play go to school because everybody wants to win a natty, you know. And then you're gonna pick the team that's most likely got the chance to get there. Yeah, and you know, but just in terms of it being, you know, kind of a kind of a have and a have not cycle. How do you break through? How does Cincinnati get to the other side of that? I mean, do they ever have a chance until we get to eight? I uh, I mean, I feel like they just got to go out and just keep putting on a stellar performance. I mean, they just got to go out and just really blow teams out. Like, it's got to, like, not even be close. I think they play a pretty meaty non-conference schedule next year. I'm pretty sure they got some teams that were they, – they, they finish unbeaten again, man. Watch out. Because, you know, I say that, but I think UCF had two straight unbeaten seasons a few years ago and didn't even get a sniff. So they won, like, 24 straight games and, and didn't yeah. get close to it. Yeah, they got robbed. <laughs> they got robbed. Well, it's, I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but, you know, they they got to figure something out to satisfy people. Maybe they do need to expand it to, to more teams and just, like, I don't know, get a first two or a top two teams by weeks or something like they do in the NFL. They got to do something because it's, it's a lot of things. Like, it's not it's not a solid thing. Like, it's, it's still – it's flawed a little bit. All right, here's Cincinnati's schedule next year. Open with Miami of Ohio. Then they have Murray State. Okay, so that's 2-0 and probably for them. <laughs> Just being real. And then week three, they go to Indiana. Okay. Awesome. If Indiana keeps playing like they're playing now, that's a good game. Uh-huh. Could be a good win if Luke can pick it up. Week four, buddy, they go to Notre Dame. Cincinnati oh, that's – well, okay. All right. Well, that's the thing. Are we classifying Notre Dame as being back to the Notre Dame? I don't know. I say if you go unbeaten and you have wins at Indiana and at Notre Dame, 
and you're unbeaten next year, you should be in the field. It, de- it just depends on who would Notre Dame because I, I, I'm still on the – I ain't buying it. I ain't drinking the Kool-Aid yet. I ain't ready to say because <laughs> Nor- the, the Notre Dame back in the day would have never went out there and put on a performance like that. No, no, no. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. Let's uh, cross our fingers and, and hope we get a normal season, too, because yeah, I can't take another one of these. Definitely got a lot to do with it. <laughs> uh, Ohio State will play Clemson again Friday, January 1st, 2021. Clemson's 4-0 all-time against Ohio State. It's one of the rare teams that Ohio State's never beaten that they played. Uh, most teams they've played head-to-head. Ohio State has at least one win against, but Clemson and Florida State are the two that jump out, in my memory at least, that Ohio State's never beaten. Mm-hmm. Two teams met in the college football playoff last year. Heartbreaking 29-23 loss for OSU. A controversial call there on a fumble that should have been. And there's some spice, man. Did You you saw the video that got out earlier in the week. Uh, I think uh, our dude Demario McCall put out a locker room video <laughs> on accident. <laughs> yeah, by accident. <laughs> you know, he just gave us, he gave us an inside look. <laughs> inside look of the Buckeyes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think he probably regrets uh, live streaming that right now. If uh, you know, I'm sure someone talked to him. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to mean, well, but probably you know. But he's definitely he made it more spicier, and then it doesn't help that Dabo did what he did. So you know, I know. So days out on this video, <laughs> dropping f bombs inside the locker room, talking about how they're going to beat Clemson, and uh, you, I love it. It was awesome as a fan to see you know get a peek into what you guys see. Uh, and then Dabo's like, hey, hold my beer. And he goes out and votes Ohio State 11. <laughs> what are you talking about, Dabo? Dabo? Dabo is just, man, I think he just know how to push people's buttons. Man. I think he's a master at pushing people's buttons to get a reaction out of you. I think he's going to try. He's going to test you to see if you're going to get a reaction out of you. But see, that's the, see, that's the thing, though. Like, he... I, if he messed with me, I would, you got the right one. <laughs> you would mess with the right one if you messing with me. But see, I, it's just, I, like I said, you can't say nothing because he didn't want every time he didn't play this. And that's what's killing us. Yeah, you you played him once when you were there in Miami, lost that Man, one. I don't even listen. That that that, that don't read. That, that, that win do not read because that was on the fact that Braxton got hurt and, and he should have been out the game, but they kept him in the game. So that that ain't we ain't even gonna do that. He beat uh, JT Barrett one year, thirty-one to nothing in a college yeah, that, football playoff semifinal. Yeah, that, did you hear? Did you? <laughs> you were in the NFL at the time. You might not have been paying attention as much as we were, but Dabo had a quote after that game where he said he told his team as soon as he started watching film that they were going to rock Ohio State. He knew it. He just was watching film. He's like, these guys don't have it. Last year was a true heartbreaker. I, I mean, it's the game that hey, we got robbed last year. I, this man gets, I don't know who it is he prays to, man, but they really looking out for him, man. I promise you they is. <laughs> Something, man. I, 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 You know me, I've been banging on him all year. I I can't think of anyone I dislike more than Dabo in, in sports. And uh, do you think, like, voting Ohio State 11th, knowing that's going to become public, you know, you're saying he's testing him and this I don't know. I'm from the school where I don't want to give my opponent any, like, extra motivation. I know you can say, oh, they're in the CFP. They should have all the motivation they need. But why give them anything, right? I mean, because he don't he, – he's 3-0. Like, <laughs> right? That's the thing, right? He, he feels like he's untouchable right now. He's like, I'm on top of the world, you know. I then came in here, won national championship, you know. I done got us to the game a bunch of times. Like, I, and when it comes to Ohio State, he's won every time. Like, he, I'm undefeated against them, so they can't really hurt me. It doesn't matter what they think about me because, I mean, check my record. That's all. That's what – check my record against y'all. 
he's going to keep doing it until he gets beaten, I guess. And then whatever, we'll have to, Ohio State's going to have to beat him to shut him up. And yeah, this will be a good year to really, really crush him because this, I mean, we don't know for a fact, but, you know, this could be Trevor Lawrence's last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no guarantee that his team will be any, like, really good anymore because, I mean, I mean, last time he had a good quarterback with Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence came and, you know, so he's been saving, you know. I'm not saying the guy that the what's his name? The Ugale who we who whatever his name is. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he by by any means he's not no Trevor Lawrence. No. So it's kinda like, you know, this could be the last hoorah for for him. Like this could be the last time like he guaranteed to be like in the college playoff. If yeah, that makes he, sense. Yeah, he's good. He's amazing. He's gonna go number one in the draft, but He's great, but, man, Justin Ross, the team's best wide receiver, was ruled out for the season before it started this year from a uh, long-term injury. T. Higgins, another great wide receiver we saw from Clemson last year, is now on the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, he doesn't have the dudes outside that that he typically does. And then you look at Travis Etienne, running back, who started the season, you know, as a Heisman contender. But, you know, in the ACC championship, he got over 100 against Notre Dame, but that was just the second time he got over 100 this season in 11 games. So he's certainly not been what we thought he would be this year. Their offensive line at Clemson, four of the five of them are new starters this year. So there are some opportunities. I really, really like Ohio State in the trenches on both sides. I like the Ohio State defensive line. I think the inside of that is severely underrated. And I like Ohio State's offensive line. I think they're a better offensive line than Clemson. Yeah, for sure. You no, know, we have our moments where we you know we struggle a little, but I think they're definitely more of a solid group. Um, and like I say, it would be this would be one of those ones that are really hurt Davos' heart if they go out there and get this one done. Because like I say, after this season, there's no guarantee that they will be as good as they've been because they're losing a lot. Yeah, it needs to happen because when they overruled that fumble in the Fiesta Bowl last year and gave Clemson the ball. That's when, like, the, the year started, the 2020, went, you know, was going to start going into a tail. So we got to flip the switch. That's what we have. Ohio State has to get the win to make 2021 good. I mean, the whole world's counting on the Buckeyes. I, if you put it that way, then they need to, they definitely go get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Are you concerned at all with Justin Fields? He looked, uh, you know, the running game is really grooving right now for the Buckeyes, but he looked kind of shaky, man, against Northwestern. And, of course, he had the three picks against Indiana. Are you nervous at all? Or you think, you know, guys have games where they're not on? I think he'll bounce back. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, that's that. this next game would definitely be the ultimate test on whether he will be, you know, a star player in the next level and for years to come. Um, you know, it's not it's, – it's about – like my boy Rocky Balboa said, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep swinging, you know? Mm-hmm. So this will be the ultimate test for him to come back and see how he does against a, a great Clemson team. Um, last, Obviously, North, Northwestern had a very good game plan for him, and he definitely did not look like himself. Um, but like I say, he did. He didn't have his guys out there. So, you get, you know, you can't put it all on him. He didn't. He missed. It was some starters missing. And, you know, he tried to do the best he can, but, you know, they had his number. And it just, it'd be like that sometimes, you know. This is this, – this game, when they, if they figure out a way to schematically beat you, you got to depend on something else. And, you know, thank God Trey Sermon came along. Yeah, I uh, I thought they could – you know, Alave's great, right? And he was out of the game, and he's a great wide receiver. But, you know, I thought Ohio State's got depth there. They can throw someone else. And he's not going to be as good as Alave, but someone else will, will be fine. And – 
Jameson Williams obviously did not look great in that game. He had the one, did you see, where he turned up and that led to an interception on the sideline when Fields yeah. was looking for him to come back. And I'm like, oh, buddy, I bet Fields is cursing him right now. Yeah, it's just, it was shaky. You know, he, he definitely plays better when his guys is out there. You could tell that he was missing his guys. Yeah, and Clemson this year has a weaker defensive line than they typically do. I mean, that's a school, you know, maybe doesn't always have the best running back or wideouts or this or that. Uh, but always seem to have monster defensive lines. And, and this year they're good, but not as good as they've been in the past. And what about this? They're known, too, to be – their defensive coordinator, Brent Venable, has been there forever. Clemson is known for stealing signs in football games. Did you guys encounter any of that? Do you remember any of that at all when you played them in the Orange Bowl? Clemson is notorious for stealing signs on defense, stealing the offense's signs. <laughs> and Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, has been there forever. Like that, that, there, there have been articles written about anonymous coaches like, yeah, they, they do it. That's just what they do. you got to try to beat it. Uh, did you remember that at all from when you played them in the Orange Bowl? And do you consider that fair game, stealing signs? I don't recall um, if we were ever um, talking about stealing signs when we played them. Um, and I, I, it is fair game. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, as long unless you like the New England Patriots, where you like filming the sideline type <laughs> thing, that that's ridiculous. But if you like, like, okay, so over the course of a game, you playing a game and you see like a player doing a signal, and you pick up on the signal and figure out what it means. Like, I feel like that's fair game. That's part of the game. It's up to you to change your signals throughout the game. You should have more than one signal. That's playing ball, huh? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I get that. But if you but if you purposely like film in the sideline and like look at it when this look look at yeah. this signal, like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, never forget the Patriots what lost a draft pick for filming the Bengals. Come yeah, on, bro. I, and I don't even understand it's the Bengals. Like, I know. I, you film the Steelers yeah. or something, right? If you're gonna lose <laughs> trouble. Uh Brian Day seemed to know about that last year and had a really, really good plan of of signaling a play waiting a half second for Clemson to try to decipher it and, and make an adjustment and then flipping it. So I expect him to do the same this year. The line in this game is seven and a half Clemson right now. It, I think it opened at six and a half. So it may go up a little bit more, a little bit over a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence ran all over OSU last year. I think that was a surprise to Buckeye fans. He broke off that monster run and he ran a lot against Notre Dame last week in the ACC championship. Do you like Ohio state and and obviously, you know, you're an alum, you played for them, you like them, but do you think they're going to win the game, honestly, or is this, are you kind of hoping they will? I think they can win. I think they have all the tools to win the game. I think they just have to put it together. And I believe that Ryan Day is a great play caller. You know, he stays mm -hmm. aggressive. He is like um, – he's not scared of the moment. You know, he rises to the moment. And I think last year he, he caught a, a very aggressive game, and I he was did. all for it. It was like, man, let's do this. Like, let's go win this game type thing. And I think, you know, with the with the bitter taste that Ohio State have in their mouth because they know what happened last year, I think that is the passion. That, I feel like they, they trained all year for this game, like, well, more for the national championship. But they knew that they would get another shot at Clemson at some point in the season. And I think with they gonna, they had that in their mind. I think that's going to come out. That passion is going to come out. And that's going to definitely prepare them, propel them to win this game. And they're not going to be surprised by anything. Like last year, Trevor Lawrence running was a surprise. They wasn't ready for that. Right. But now they know what's going to happen. Like you got to play this team. 
it's almost the same team. I mean, they missing a few people. Everybody's missing a few people, but it's almost the same team. So you know what to expect type thing. Yeah, I feel like each team knows each other really well at this point. And I'm with you. I think Ohio State wins the game. And I'm, I'm kind of nervous, though, because I know you and I are both optimistic people. So I don't know that we could ever bring ourselves to say we think Ohio State loses the game. But uh, <laughs> we'll see, man. Hopefully there's some good vibes because the last time Ohio State played in the Sugar Bowl, man, that was a magic night, right? It definitely was. You know, he definitely shocked the world, you know. And I want to say, I, I feel like as long as Ohio State plays, you know, plays their game and Justin Fields have a good game and Trey Sermon, he don't have to go for 331. I mean, he can if he wants to. <laughs> Please do. Long, long, <laughs> he does that. I mean, we, we, we ain't no way we lose. He goes 331. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, as long as, you know, both, I think this will be the game that everybody will be tested. You know, all year we had, you know, at first, it was the run game wasn't good enough. Then it was the secondary wasn't good enough. And now it's just this is the game where everybody has – there, there can't be nobody that's not good enough. Everybody has to come play. All It takes the whole team to win this game, whether that's kicking game, return game, secondary, D-line, whatever. It's everybody. like, And it's the ultimate test. We're going to find out if – if they correct it, they mistakes. Well, I can't wait. I think Ohio State fans, this is the game they wanted. And and how important is that number one seed? I think we saw it last year when Ohio State and Clemson had a war, and then Clemson kind of hobbled into that game with LSU because they're you know you, your body's feeling it still from you know you play <laughs> one of those wars. So if this is another war, man, you kind of think I have to think Alabama's sitting pretty in that championship game if they can manage to do to Notre Dame what we all expect them to do. Well, I will say that any game against Alabama is a war because when we played them in 2015 or whatever year that was that it our we was banged up like you were sore and we went into the Oregon game pretty kind of banged up and that's how Oregon jumped out on us so early because it was kind of like it was like whoa it's kind of like it was like uh we looked at them kind of like when Trevor Lawrence took that ball and ran to the house last year and we was like whoa where did this come from that's it's kind of like how we felt about the whole Oregon team like oh that's Oregon like come on now we they, 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 saw, they, they the west side. They throw the ball. You know, ain't none of that. We went down there, opened that game up, and we, we went so hard on it. We was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we see what y'all, y'all about it, okay. Uh, we, we good, we good. We see how it's going to be. A lot of, lot of big games coming up, uh, but a lot of games not going to happen during bowl season. 15 bowl games have already been canceled. Many teams have opted out of bowl games. Jeff Halfley and Boston College were the first to do so, but as of this point in time, at least 16 schools have now opted out, including Penn State, Michigan. I know that, you know, in 2020, they, they removed the bowl criteria, so you didn't have to have six wins or seven wins to be eligible, so everyone got to be in it, but those teams still opted out. So going to be an interesting bowl season. The college football playoff committee has already said, or Bill Hancock, the executive director, said that, if teams run into COVID issues, like major COVID issues, they'll consider postponing the game. So I hope right now everyone on the Ohio State team is going to the WAC and going to their house, and that's it. Their apartment, WAC, apartment, WAC. I, I mean, it's it's <laughs> too big, right, to go to go to the to go to the bars right now. I mean, if it was one of those low tier games, you know, I would under like you know. Yeah, yeah. People, people <laughs> roll, you roll the dice a little bit, you, yeah, know? you know. But if it's one of those one to host that trophy up at the end, like you gotta go all in. Like if you can't go all in for the national championship or a potential chance to play in the national championship, like well, what are you really playing for? Like it, you're not even you're not playing this game because you're passionate about it. And you want to be the best and you want to make sure that you you know a champion. Like you just playing it 
I don't know why you playing it. Like you got to give up everything. Like it's like that's how you become great. You have to make certain sac- certain sacrifices. And if it tell if all you telling me is I can't like for a couple of weeks or maybe a month, then I can't go have fun. Like especially during this time where you can't really have fun anyways. Like what? Do, like what are we really here for then? Like you, like you, when you want to be great, you will make that sacrifice, and you know you're not going to be that guy who brings your team down. Like that would be terrible. Yeah, and and on the other side, I I would encourage every football player at Clemson to enjoy life, go out to dinner, uh, <laughs> go, go to the club, do whatever you but want. You know, right you now. know, Trevor Lawrence is planning a wedding. You know, yeah, he, he yeah, should, he, he's busy nowadays. You know. He, he already had code. He might be good anyway, but uh, we'll see what shakes out. Be safe, and, and I'm, I'm teasing. I don't want anyone at Clemson to catch COVID, obviously. I just want my Ohio State Buckeyes to win this game. Uh, Big Ten also changed their rule from 21 days to 17 days for quarantine. The day Ryan Day already said that Chris Olave will be back, and Baron Browning should be as well. That's great news for the Buckeyes, who are going to need everybody for this game. Uh, we'll see what shakes out, but I'm, I'm ready for it. And some other big news in the Big Ten – Brett Bielema is back, uh, and Brett is, uh, you know, Buckeye fans hate Dabo. I think Brett would probably be in the top three of, of coaches. Maybe. <laughs> Not ahead of Dabo, but up there. That's a guy from Illinois, so he's taken over the head coaching job at Illinois. He actually played at Iowa, never played for Illinois, but he was head coach at Wisconsin from 2006 to 2012, and shortly after Ohio State hired Urban Meyer, Meyer flipped uh, offensive tackle Kyle Dotson from Wisconsin to the Buckeyes. Dotson's a guy you know real well. Yes. Bielema did not like that at all. Did not like having a dude flipped. He said he referred to it as illegal. And, <laughs> uh, illegal. Like he's going to call the police. Officer, come, come, come arrest Urban Meyer for taking my recruit. Uh, and mentioned, you know, gentleman agreements in the Big Ten. You know, we don't do that stuff up here. We don't flip each other. And he had a quote where he said, you know, I can tell you this. We at the Big Ten don't want to be like the SEC in any way, shape, or form, man. It costs a lot of ripples around town. Then 10 months later, after making that quote, this clown went to Arkansas in the middle of the night and coached in the SEC. So that's pretty impressive, man, to say you don't want to be like the SEC in any way, and then 10 months later you're down there coaching in the SEC. Good job, Brett. Good to have you back. <laughs> you know what? If he's go, if it's gonna make if it's gonna bring a spark to Illinois and you know make the Ohio State versus Illinois game more competitive and you know have more meaning behind it, then I'm all for it. You know, it. I'm I love watching passionate fought games. You know, because it's like we don't like y'all, y'all don't like us. Yes, like that. That's that makes the game of football that much more competitive and more fun and more entertaining. So I think it's great for the fans. I'm with you 100%. Buckeyes, unfortunately, don't play Illinois until 2024 again. But uh, you know, hopefully what, they're what, good by there. Well, maybe. But when's the last time you know, I cared about Illinois, you know? Like, Lovey was fine. He's a good <laughs> dude, nice beard, whatever. But, you when know. They had, when they had, uh, what's that, Juice, Juice. Uh, Juice Williams, right? Juice Williams, yeah, the quarterback. That was the last time. Wasn't it the last time? They were Beat playing? Ohio State when the Bucks were number one in the shoe in 2007. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, 
it's good for high state. I love having villains all over the landscape. And Brett is certainly a villain that, you know, he's got 11 warriors blocked on Twitter. He's got like probably five or 10,000 other. <laughs> he does. Man. He's got about five or 10,000 other Buckeye fans blocked on Twitter, I'm sure. And uh, it's good for the league. It's good for uh, Ohio State to actually care about what's happening in Illinois. So I'm looking forward to that first game in four years, which will feel like about 12 years away the way this year has gone. Hopefully they're good. Then it's competitive. Getting to – bowl week coming up we're in the midst of it now i've had some some early games kick off and you and i last week tried to pick a couple of uh, conference <laughs> championship games we both took l's so we're still neck and neck right here in the standings we're nine and three each i think you had notre dame getting ten and a half and uh, ten and a half wasn't enough against clemson i took usc giving up three and oregon who was i think three and three coming to this game just trucked usc 31 24 in the pac-12 championship game so Maybe we can get back on the winning streak here. Got some bowl games coming up. Start with uh, some games Saturday. The FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, Liberty, against number 12, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is seven-and-a-half-point favorites. That's Saturday, 7.30 on ESPN. All these games are on ESPN, by the way. She's at bowl, number 21, Oklahoma State, against number 18, Miami. Oklahoma State's favored by two. That's Tuesday at 5.30. The Valero Alamo Bowl, number 20, Texas, against Colorado. Texas is favored by nine and a half, Tuesday at 9 p.m. on ESPN. The Dukes Mayo Bowl, Wake Forest against Wisconsin. ACC Big Ten battle there. Wisconsin's favored by seven. That's Wednesday at noon. The Transperfect Music City Bowl, number 15, Iowa against Missouri. A little Big Ten SEC action. Iowa's favored by 14 and a half. That's nice. Over two scores there. Wednesday, 4 p.m on ESPN. Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, number seven, Florida, number six, Oklahoma. That'll be a fun one. Florida's favored by three right now. That's Wednesday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Lockheed Martin Armed Services Bowl, number 24, Tulsa against Mississippi State. Love seeing a Mississippi State team. It's three and seven in the bowl game, but that's, <laughs> it's, 20, it's 2020, man. Whatever. I'm going to roll with it. Tulsa's favored by two and a half. That's Thursday at noon. AutoZone Liberty Bowl, West Virginia against Army. Nine and two army there, but West Virginia is favored by seven and a half. That's Thursday, 4 p.m. on ESPN. And then Mercari, Texas Bowl, Arkansas, another three and seven team against TCU. TCU is favored by six. That is Thursday, 8 p.m. on ESPN. So that's our slate over the next week. We'll be back next week to, to pick games from the CFP uh, semifinals and some of the bigger bowl games. But any one of these jump off the page, dude, that you like, you want to take this week? You know what? Back in these previous shows, you know, I stood up and I said that I'm rolling with my boy Hervin. And I look at this game, and that one jumps out to me. I think Hervin's gonna roll. You know, they they're blessing Herman with the chant with the opportunity to they, they gave him insurance. Said Herman, you're gonna be here another year. Don't even worry about it. Stop stressing out. So it allows Herman to focus on the players. And he's going to go out and he's going to show these people in the world, he's going to show America why he was selected to be the head coach at Texas. And he's going to show them what they got coming for the next few years. He's going to go out there. He's going to put a massive performance on on Colorado. He's going to win by like 21 points. Ooh, all right. So you like Texas. They're favored by nine and a half. You said next few years. I saw a stat today. <laughs> 
out of the top 24 players in the state of Texas, Tom Herman got one of them to commit to Texas. That's, so I don't know about I don't know about your next few they, years they, thing, they buddy. Gonna, <laughs> listen, he gonna he gonna pull a Irving. He gonna flip some, but they ain't gonna he gonna flip none from Ohio State. But he gonna flip some from other places. We will have to see. I'm gonna take. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna take the Florida Gators. They're playing Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl on Wednesday. 8 p.m. primetime game. Gators are only favored by three, man. They played Alabama tough. I know Oklahoma's playing well right now. Started one and two, and I think they've won like six or seven in a row. But I like the Gators in that one, giving up three points. I respect that pick. I, I do. That's a great pick. I'm not a huge fan of of, of Oklahoma anyways. Ever since they planted the flag, you know, it's been, it's been beef. I hear you, man. I know you're a Browns fan, too. I know you're conflicted every time you see Baker do good things, too, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, what? Well, he's doing well for the city, so I can't really be – I can't be mad at the guy. You know, he's doing really well for the city that I grew up in. I can appreciate that. Hey, it's time for Wax Stories. You know the rules. Tybus shares a hilarious or absurd story from his days as a Buckeye. What do you got for us this week, this buddy? This is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it, man. Give me some absurdity. So this is what happened. So, you know, <laughs> college kids, you know, we freshmen. We might even be sophomores. I can't remember, but, you know, we're young, fairly young, 18, 19-year-olds. And <laughs> we uh, it started snowing on campus and whatnot, right? <laughs> so it, it all started. I'm walking with uh, Devin Bogart. Devin, me and Devin walking to class together. We right down on uh, South Campus, and we buy, like, the Marketplace and uh, Sasso. <laughs> and out of nowhere, this snowball flies at us, right? What? And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like, I know they ain't with this. <laughs> I turn around, and it's, like, four dudes from the football team. I can't even remember all of them. It was, like, four dudes. And out of nowhere, we stopped what we was doing and had this big snowball fight. <laughs> it was people walking that we it was casualties at war. <laughs> but they wasn't gonna say nothing because it's like it's a whole bunch of football players like having a snowball fight. But we looked like some little kids out there in front of Sasso having a snowball Man. fight. And it was to the point where it was like we went to Twitter, like, when I see you, when I catch you, <laughs> I know your next class. When you get out your next class, we're going to be waiting on you type thing. And it was like an all-day event. It was just a fun time, man. It was like, it was one of those ones where we just, like, kind of let football go for a while. We just focused on being kids again, man. And yeah, needless to say, we all were uh, pretty wet when we left. Nothing like a good snowball fight to bring out the kid in you. Do you remember? Do you remember rocking anyone with 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 precision blasts? Or you know, it was it's hard to in the midst of battle. It's kind of hard to get the perfect snowball. <laughs> so you just try yeah. to grab something, but scrunch it up and try to throw it as fast as you can. And you know, half the time it it sticks. Sometimes it don't. But I don't think I really rocked nobody because it it went from throwing snowballs to like just tackling each other in the snow. <laughs> like forget all that. Like we we just gonna tackle each other, <laughs> bury our bare faces in the snow. Uh, I remember you started the story, and I was thinking you said a snowball went whizzing by, and my first thought was like, are these guys you knew or not? Because sometimes <laughs> even, even if you don't know me, if a snowball whizzes by, you gotta you gotta take up oh, arms. Yeah, right? It would have been like, oh, you got the right one. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Nothing like I, – I think, you know, I think everyone that's gone off to college and lived in a dorm or whatnot can probably point to, uh, at least in the north here, snowball fights in college as being some of the greatest of your lives. Because you got yeah. time, you're young, you're athletic, you know, I mean, and there's thousands of kids around. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was funny that like people really was like casualties at war. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh my god, I didn't even mean to hit you, but I'm sorry, but you, know, <laughs> you gotta move. We in the midst of a battle. <laughs> they're, they're stretching people off on the side. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are slinging. I love it, man. That's great. That's great. I miss those days. Uh, I'll, I'll get to bust my son over the head of here soon once he. <laughs> Maybe we'll get outside this weekend because it's it's snowing right now in Columbus. We're gonna have a, a rare white Christmas, and I assume. Uh, up in your neck of the woods, you're looking at one too. Yeah, Lay is not old enough to hit to get the snow, but when she gets no, old, I'm, I'm plotting on her. I, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, you, right there. Boom. <laughs> I, I think you get in trouble if you blast a like a five month old with a snowball. I don't think they like. Somebody say I might be on the news or something. <laughs> you would, and they'll they'll find the worst picture you they can find too. Maybe you look scary. <laughs> This man hit his daughter with a snowball. She was five months old. <laughs> like, she deserved it. She been whining that night. She didn't eat all her food. Uh, good thing for three. It's our weekly roast of whatever catches our eye in the news involving the Michigan Wolverines. Going to keep it really, really short and sweet this year. Now, Don Brown is out at Michigan. Guy they call Dr. Blitz. He had their defense humming when he came to town. I think when he showed up, you know, his first year – you know, you know, his first year there, 2016, they were second in yards per play allowed. Then they slipped to sixth, then eighth, then tenth. This year they were all the way to 56th in yards per play allowed. So Harbaugh has made the move to say goodbye to Don Brown. This is a guy, too, that, you know, at least until that game when, when Urban, Urban's final mission game, when he put up like 50 or 60 on him, that, that – you know, Buckeye fans were worried about Don Brown. He had a lot of credibility as a defensive guy that knew what he was doing, called great games, blitzed a lot. His defenses were outstanding. And then Urban and Ryan Day just basically wrecked those defenses by running a bunch of mesh and crossing routes, and they couldn't just couldn't stay with him. And, you know, he went from, like, guy that knew what he was doing to, like, man, I hope we get to play this guy again soon. You know, I, I blame him on the fact that he was at the team. Well, no, he probably leave there, and he'll probably become a big-time coach again. It's just – it's something about that. It's like it's, it, it gets on you when you get up there, and you just can't get it off. It's just, it just splats on everybody. It's just this funk. And it's just, I think that's what happened to the guy. You know, I don't – you know, I think he probably – he's going to be a successful coach wherever he goes. And then who was Harbaugh to fire somebody <laughs> about to be there what is that about well i think that's what that it says they're going to give him an extension and, and maybe do some staff shuffling but i think you're dead on with with going up there and getting some stink on him uh the joke around 11 warriors headquarters right now is that ohio state should hire him you know like, we I, took we took I'm a couple to coaches <laughs> recently and, and look at you know al washington and, and greg madison have done they, since they came they here right? in the time of their lives ain't they winning a lot man winning makes you makes you feel better you notice that winning helps everything they got the, they be having some good pieces. They just don't put it together. They sure don't. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of No Cap. We will see you next week for one epic Sugar Bowl preview, man. I cannot wait. 